Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm here with Tim Rylett. He's a managing director of UK Growth Coach and the commercial director of Growth by Design. Hi, Tim. Thanks for thanks for being here today. Pleasure. <laughs> um, so um, this is really a podcast talking about franchising. Um, but looking over your LinkedIn profile, uh, it, it's kind of clear where you niche in uh, a, a coach, business coach, if you like. Um, but but just tell me about the things that you get involved in, because it seems that there's a number of things that you do do. Um, so I just wanted to understand how you define yourself and and the roles you play within those um, oh, yeah within those hats you wear, if you like. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned uh, at the start, I have two uh, companies I'm directly involved in. So uh, UK Growth Coach, that's a business coaching firm. I, I help the owners of SME companies that want to uh, progress their business, um, achieve that that development. Now, sometimes that's development of the individual, sometimes it's development of the business, and sometimes it's development of the team. But it, essentially, um, I, I would class myself as a sounding board uh, an advisor, uh, a keen questioner, somebody that basically helps develop the best of the individuals I, I'm dealing with so they become more capable as business owners. In terms of Growth by Design, um, that is a marketing agency that I am a director of. Um, strangely enough, it actually came about because the other director in there, a chap called Henry Laker, used to be a coaching client of mine. We became good friends over time. He actually offered me the chance to join in with his business and uh, I've been doing that now for five or more years I suppose um, we've now got a team of 10 there and essentially we help clients that want to improve the way their marketing is delivering results for their companies and that can come about through a range of different channels and tactics so we do websites pay-per-click videography uh, copywriting uh, google ads all kinds of different uh, things but the only thing we don't really get involved in is PR Okay. All right. So that's, so that's, uh, yeah, so that's a good, it, it seems like a good symbiotic relationship between those two, those two, two companies, if you like. And um, so t tell me about, um, tell me a bit more about UK Growth Coach, um, because this is, this is effectively your business. What, what does it offer in terms of services or products or services? And what does a typical customer profile look like or customer profiles look like? Yeah, so the, the vast majority of uh, clients that we work with turn over somewhere between 100,000 and, and 20 million turnover. The typical profile is that they are business owners who have a lot of experience in the industry, have typically been very well trained for a role or sometimes several roles as an employee and an opportunity came about for them to take up business ownership. But sometimes that's through succession somebody retired or a parent uh you know finished their working life and they, they hand it over other times it's uh an employee who got fed up working for someone else and decided they wanted to go and be, be their own boss or occasionally just an entrepreneur that had an interest in the subject and, and start their own company the the key thing that unifies the them all is that they are experienced in the job roles that they had but not necessarily experienced in business ownership and the skill sets are distinctly different. You, you can be a very good salesperson within, I don't know, the carpeting industry, for example, but it, it, maybe you've never had much exposure to managing the finance or the systemization or leadership or management or marketing or the various other aspects that as a business owner, you need to kind of have that holistic understanding of. And in many cases, in an SME setting, 
actually a very broad skill set because you're wearing many of those hats yourself personally. So uh, that's kind of who I deal with. In terms of what I help them with, I, I class myself as a as a business progression co coach. And what I mean by that is businesses start out as a startup. It, it's an idea. It's often a period of massive flux. So they're, they're trying to work out how do I attract an, an inquiry? How do I convert it? How do I serve it? How do I get paid by it? How do I get them back for another order? And they're trying to work out all of those different methods and processes and approaches and skill sets. And at some point, they graduate from startup into what I call basically functional. They've get, got a working way of attracting clients, a method of converting them, a way of serving them to a certain level, a way of invoicing and getting paid and all that kind of stuff is going through. And, they, and it works okay, but it's not yet setting the world alight. The, the next step is what we call growing and uh, scalable. So that basically is they are able to improve the volume of work and the values they're achieving and the profitability of it. But the second part is also they're able to scale, which means that without needing more direct time of the owner, they're able to repeat and uh, scale the, the volume of results that they're getting. It could be multiple sites or multiple people or things like that. Once I've got to there, they then have a choice. Do I want to stay involved in it directly or do I want to graduate my way out and reclaim a bit of work-life balance? So we pass that level as independence. The business can work um, relatively either partially or fully without the business owner's involvement. And the final stage is what we call exit ready. I don't actually sell businesses, but I can help them increase their valuation and the way in which the valuation is completed for that business by looking at 10 different factors that, that affect evaluation. So the difference between independence, where it's an asset you own and exit ready is where it's exit ready, you've prepared the value argument for the investor to buy. That's basically the objective. So five different phases of uh, development on what I call the business mountain. And uh, that's really what I help them do. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. And um, when, how did you come to start UK Growth Coach? How 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 did that happen, and when when did that happen? Yeah, so um, I guess back in 2018, I was uh, a franchisee myself in a, in a different coaching organisation, and I I'd reached a point there where I felt a, a change was necessary. So I, I exited. I served my one year non-compete honorably. In fact, that was uh, partly where I, I partnered in with Henry and we we got involved in the uh, the uh, marketing side of things. And then after the non-compete, I set up my, my own coaching practice. Initially, just myself, I was building all the models and tools for, for myself, my own way of working in the way that I wanted it to be. And then in I had 2020 back end of, I was approached by a lady that I'd worked with previously as a client. And she actually said to me, I've got my business now to the point where it works without me. We're looking at selling. I'm interested in what I'm going to do next. And I wondered if there might be an opportunity for me to get involved because I really like working with you. I enjoyed the results it brought me and I'd like to do similar for other clients myself. And being, being honest with you, Doug, the key thing about that was up until that point, I kind of had in mind, I might franchise or license or build a team of coaches uh, along the line. But I hadn't actually got to the point of making that decision. And when uh, Emma uh, came along and, and said that to me, I also was approached by a, a second client within a, within a week, also asking similar questions. So I thought there was an, an opportunity here for developing something beyond myself and beyond my own team. And I explored the option for franchising and spoke to the BFA and all the relevant parties in there. And essentially, over the following six months, I built 
a franchise model and, and Emma actually became our, our first franchisee as a result of that. So it was kind of organic as much as intentional, but um, the, the framework and structure has come off the back of that request. Okay, great. So so do you do you now call yourself a franchise or Tim? Are you at that point? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We we have a, a franchisee, the agreements are formal, we have our franchise model, we have our toolkits, our training and induction, everything you would expect of a franchise we have. We're a, an emerging member under the uh, British Franchise Association and, and kind of accredited at that level at the moment. And I, I would say we've had Emma on board now for about 18 months in a, a franchisee role. We've been working on uh, the natural, um, I guess, evolution of it from you know doing this for the first time to actually getting it, it working how we want. And, and I would say within the next six months or so, we'll be looking to, to push on and draw new franchisees in at that point. Right. Okay. So, so, um, so at the moment, Tim, you've got, you've got, um, you've got Emma. Have you, have you got any other franchisees? I mean, she's effectively your pilot, really. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, she, she's the yeah. pilot. I also have my my business partner Henry. I have put him through the same uh, training program. He, in addition to his duties in being the managing director of Growth by Design, has a number of coaching slots and is is starting to fulfil on those. And I have a different team member that I'm building a. Uh, a set of executive coaching tools that will be launched in September next year as well. So uh, we're kind of developing that angle as well. Ah, great. Um, so talk talk to me, let, you know, let's go back to him. Let's go back in time um, to, because I'm really interested in your journey. You, you because you were a franchisee first um, and, and that was with Action Coach, which obviously I think everyone understands who Action Coach are as a, as a coaching business. Very, you know, very big brand name in, in that, in the sector. Um, how did you come to get involved with them and become a franchisee there? How, how did that start off? Yeah, so my, uh, I guess my initial um, primary career was actually I was a, a police officer for 10 years. So I, so I spent six years in, in Brighton and then I transferred across to the States of Guernsey and I became their training officer over there. So I gained some training qualifications and I actually ran um, the, the training courses there for a couple of years. Um, we built the first on-island two-year training course for probationary constables to go through, and I learned a lot through that. I also uh, trained special constables, uh, the people from Women's Refuge, Sea Fisheries, all the um, uh, all the other alliance partners that that kind of existed for that organisation. I had a fair involvement with, so I learned a lot during that time. I had budgets to manage, recruitment to manage, quite a lot of things that actually I would say fit with the role of being a business owner I was fulfilling albeit within a uh, a government organization effectively and at a certain point I had passed my sergeant's exam I was due to go back uh, front line within a year and I uh, busted my knee quite badly playing hockey on the weekend in fact to the point where I was unable to run for seven years and it it forced me into a situation of having to reevaluate what my career was going to be I, I couldn't be the frontline officer I'd wanted to be the, the whole way along and I looked at lots of different options it prompted me to uh, sell my house and move back from Guernsey to the UK I then attended actually one of the British Franchise Association events in London Excel and I literally went in with the idea of I know I want to run a business and take those skills forward but I wasn't sure what industry I literally looked at everything from alloy wheel repairs through to uh, flying hawks and birds of prey through to actually um, business coaching. And the thing that resonated with me about Action Coach was 
the the intention of um uh, helping people achieve more through their companies and giving a bit back to society and that was what hooked me into it. i wanted to do something that helped uh, helped out overall and i felt i could take the skills i developed and put it into that format so i joined action coach i was with them for um 10 years and then uh, at, the, at the end effectively i exited that and, and took a different path afterwards but that that was how i came to be involved all right and and so tell me about you know 10 years with action coach that's quite that's a long you know it's a long long time um what was it like what did you learn uh effectively and 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 obviously ultimately why you know why did you end up leaving um you know if you could cover that that would be great yeah i mean i think initially i i joined because i realized that i had a set of skills but they weren't necessarily set in a business format and being brutally honest i looked at it and thought one of the best ways for me to become an effective business owner is to learn what is given to business owners who need to learn how to become business owners so i kind of looked at it as a bit of a iterative process if I learned that then I'll learn the skills I need to go and have my own entrepreneurial journey a little bit further along now I, I launched in uh, 2009 which was when the recession was uh, biting fully into the UK and the first couple of years were definitely very very challenging I had to learn at a rate of knots um, but once I got up and running I, I really was looking for the knowledge, the experience, the learning, without really knowing what it was I wanted to build off that, but I knew it wasn't a forever journey within the, the franchise. I think what I learned from it was there was a lot more um, required to run a successful business than I realised, and I think that's the case for actually all of my clients on the journey as well. They realise how big of a thing it is. Um, but I also learned that it was a, an effective system. It allowed me to get started. I learned a lot through the journey I learned a lot about myself and about other other people too but I also learned that actually I wanted to cut my own path uh, and the reason I exited at the far end was I was starting to feel quite constrained um, by a, a, a structure that I felt could be improved I felt it hadn't moved as fast as I had wanted within the 10 years that I'd been part of it and I felt being brutally honest that actually I could do a, a, a different um, approach for myself. And so I chose to, to exit and look at that opportunity. You, you basically became too entrepreneurial to be a franchisee, Tim. Uh, possibly. I think the other thing about it is that we always were coaching about the objective is to create uh, a business that can run without you and an asset that is saleable. And uh, as a franchisee, whilst I could sell the individual franchise to an approved party, I could never really create something of my own and sell it as something off the back. And that was something I, I deeply wanted to do. Right. OK, so 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 you so you obviously laid that path and and um, and then, yeah, you obviously sought your non-compete for, for a year, as you've got to do these days. Um, and then and then you set up UK Growth Coach. How did you take what you had learned in 10 years with Action Coach? And uh, look, franchising is is a model. And and, a, and for most people, that's more than enough, you know, to follow that template, and that model and, and be successful within it. For some like yourself, you outgrow it and, and you want to shape, help shape it. And um, it's very hard to help shape an Action Coach franchise model. <laughs> you know, it's been going too long and it's too big. So, I you know, I, I, t I totally understand that. But what... What did you, at a fundamental level, what did you want to be able to offer differently to what Action Coach offers? So that that for me, I guess, is a key question. 
Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting. When I served my non-compete, I was working, obviously, within a digital marketing business, which I had a good understanding of the concepts of marketing, but I'd never actually worked within a marketing agency setting before. And what I really loved and still love about working with my business partner, Henry, is he has 25 years of experience in websites and marketing and design and all those kind of things. And it was the overlap between what I had learned within the business coaching world and the direct marketing provision. It was really that combination that allowed me to see there were some gaps in the concepts that I felt we could tighten up on um, and actually how you develop the, the leads into a business and then how you progress them through, how you develop the relationships for repeat buying or lifetime value and all those kind of things. And I realized that there was a whole front end piece that we could bolt on and, 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 refine in there and, and so the combination really of the marketing expertise and the business coaching expertise and the the blend that actually needs to happen between the two that that was one of the key things and I think that the thing that is different is um for myself I explained earlier the five phases of business development one of the things that I'd felt had never really been there was that progressive journey it, it was all about here are some areas you can improve in your business. And the sole objective is uh, growth of the metrics on the far end. Now, now, that's very important, but it isn't the be all and end all. In fact, I've seen a lot of people become financially successful, but, but emotionally damaged by their businesses. Um, and what I wanted to do was create a system where financial success, business growth success could be matched with actually what I view as success in life, which is, uh, freedom of time and freedom of emotion in there as well and putting those two things together to give people a genuinely happy business experience rather than just a financially successful one that's what I wanted to create okay all right good so uh, the next thing I want to ask you Tim because you, you know, there's not many people like uh, it's quite unique that you've been employed obviously in a uh in in a as you say a government organization and um and go through all of that to to then having your own business via a franchise opportunity. So you've been that franchisee. Um, then you've started your own business um, and now you franchise that and you're now a franchisor. So that's, there's not many people that go through, through all those, you know, all those layers, if you like. And so what I wanted to ask you was um, I, I wanted you to give a tip, uh, one tip that you would give to each to a person in each of those places. Um, so, so firstly, someone who's in a job that they don't like, uh, they they effectively looking to invest in a franchise and become a franchisee. So, you know, a mm -hmm. tip for a tip for that person, um, and what what they should do, how they should approach that. Um, a, a tip as well to an existing business owner of, of an SME, a successful business owner who is considering their options for growth and is seriously considering franchising uh, as, as a way to do that. Um, and then thirdly, to an existing franchisor who's at the start of their journey, a bit like you are, um, and a, a tip for them. So, um, so there, there you go, Tim, if you've got all that down. I have, yeah, I've just made a note of it just to make sure I cover all three. So um, the first one was obviously if you're an employee and you're looking towards becoming a, a franchisee, what's the tip? My personal tip would be to make sure that your values align well with your, 
the organization that you're you're joining i think um all of the other aspects are covered well by the advice you'll get from the british franchise association or by the banks or indeed by the franchisors themselves they'll, they'll show you how to do the money magic and work out what it looks like on a budget and your skill sets and all the rest of it but for me i think the thing that gets us up in the morning is our purpose and the the sense that we're delivering on values that matter to us and i think for me what what uh, mattered for me was I was doing something which was going to help my community. That's why I was a police officer. I didn't do that for money alone. I did it because I genuinely wanted my community to be a better place. And there were certain skills and activities I applied as a police officer that allowed me to do that well within that setting. But they also were driven by that same thing within um, the franchise. So when I joined a business coaching organization, I did so because I realized that businesses that do better actually employ more people they provide greater stability they provide greater opportunities for development they provide actually a uh, a line of of money going through supplies into their businesses and into community via tax there's lots of ways in which business success leads to community success and that's one of the things that gets me up in the morning is, is that fire of the value so i think alignment between what you truly care about and the organizational values you're looking to join that would be my my tip there the right. second question was to do with if you're a business owner and you're looking to franchise, I think the, the question to ask is the very obvious one, which is, is franchising right for your business and your intent? There are many ways to grow uh, companies. I chose uh, franchising because I see that it was going to be a good fit for the structure that I was operating to it will be for some other businesses and it won't be for others i think the key thing is get a really good understanding of what franchising is before you actually make the decision that's where you're going so do the exploration first and the decision second that would be my advice there the third part was as a new franchisor um i i think one of the interesting things is when it comes to writing out the franchise operations manual um, that's a big task. And it, it made me laugh, actually, when I was going through the process, because when I got sent the guidance on it, it said, sit down with your franchise development team and assign out the task between you and so on and so forth. And I said, well, I'm sitting down with me and I'm assigning that to me and that to me and that to me. And the whole lot came from me because I didn't have a franchise development team. And I think the way I managed it was I, I've actually written um, three books on business topics. And one of the things that helped me was write out the um the intention of the book at the start so help somebody go from not understanding the business through to being able to run it competently and successfully that's the objective then write out the index and break it down into the chapters write down within that what are the sections within the chapters that need to be covered to actually deliver on the aim of each chapter and i think doing it in that way helped me frame it out up front and then it was just a matter of content development rather than cohesion I think um, from what I've heard from speaking with a few other franchisors over time, is they've got a lot of content, but actually putting it together is really difficult. So I'd, I'd start with the framework and go from there. That's my my advice in that. Yeah, yeah, and and no, that's a that's a I think that's a great tip for a uh, you know for someone at that stage. It, I, it, it's almost making sure that through the creation of an operations manual, you are checking that you are systemized effectively yeah. as well um by by going through that because as you write that content out you start to see the gaps you start to see where you need to um 
fix a few things or, or improve a few things. Um, and, that... and I, th I think, Doug, it's also it's about more than knowledge transfer. It's yeah. about actually enablement of attitude and enablement of the confident use of the toolkit. Um, you know, the, the thing that we put together was I applied effectively a teaching methodology to it where I started with what's the knowledge and then the understanding of how that knowledge is applied, then how will that translate into skills and then laterally address the areas of attitude and the underpinning behaviours that need to be applied on the end of it. And that structure, I believe, will help our franchisees more than, for example, a Haynes manual might for, for the equivalent. Do you know what I mean? It's not just here's an engine, here's the components. It's how does it work and how will you use it? That's important too. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Yeah. So if I'm, you know, if, if I was if I was in the shoes of someone looking like you were um, for a potential franchise opportunity, um, then uh, UK Growth Coach, Growth Coach through you um, is potentially a good one, you, you, you know, with all the, the right fits and things and, and checks and measures being done because because they're coming in and they're going to work with you, certainly in the beginning at the, at the level they're at. And 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 you are a coach experienced at helping small businesses grow and and this isn't just any small business this is your small business that someone else is going to grow somewhere else um so that that makes quite a compelling reason if the person's right uh and there's a good I think thing it's also the experience of having been a franchisee and now a franchisor is actually unusual I've I've lived through the goods, the bads, and the indifference of being a franchisee, and I would like to believe that I have taken the aspects that were good, reflect those forward in the areas that I didn't feel worked particularly well, and I made some improvements against that. So I think the experience of, dare I say, it, having been a customer before, you know, a provider will allow us to to do things slightly differently and hopefully in a more um, balanced relationship way. Yeah. And, 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 and so that really is my, you know, that, that's my last question to you, because um, I do think that communication um, or, or relationship management, we call it, um, between franchisor and franchisee is absolutely critical. Um, and, and, and you've been, you know, you've certainly been for 10 years at one end um, as a franchisee, and now you're at the other end and you have the opportunity to, um, to create the best kind of relationship management process that that you can you can put in place what what for you is the key thing that that you will do or that you are doing already um to ensure that there is this great relationship between franchisor and franchisee as you as you grow uh, the network yeah i, I think there's, there's two things one is proactive communication so um having a setting where you can uncover issues before their issues and dealing with them quickly and then the second uh, uh, second aspect is just genuinely caring enough to do that often enough uh, I think it's one of the things that um, actually as a, as a coach with my clients uh, a, a while back I had some testimonials done from some clients of mine via a videographer and what was interesting was the videographer that went out and did the interviews with those clients. I'd given them some standard questions, you know, what was your business setting? What improvements have we made and all the rest of it? And there was one other thing in there, which was, you know, how would you describe your relationship working with Tim? And the interesting thing was uh, out of the five or so videos we, we got, three of them came back pretty much saying that he cares as much about my business as I do. And I, I'd like to think 
that as a franchisor, I genuinely care about who joins. Certainly with the work we've been doing with Emma so far, I'd be astounded if she said anything other than that, because I, I we put heart and soul into helping her get up and running and feel confident. And I think that is something that will change no matter who joins the organisation. I genuinely, if someone joins us, I want them to succeed. Uh, not for me, I want them to succeed for them and for their clients. That's what it's about. Yeah, no, I, and, I, and I think to end on that note, I think that's a great goal for any franchisor to be able to um, gather that kind of testimonial, even if, if that's all that's said, if that's what is said, I, I think that's that that probably is the key to, to everything working. So, um, all right, Tim, well, listen, thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much for your time um, today. And, and you know, hopefully we'll run into each other and, and stay connected from from now on. And I'll um, I'll look forward to seeing seeing your progress and and growth and um i'm sure we'll we'll speak again thank you Doug. cheers